Welcome to the Senior Attorney Match Podcast. I am your host, Attorney Jeremy Pook, founder of Senior Attorney Match. Here, we discuss how attorneys who have practiced for more than 30 years can monetize their law practices. We also explain how to value and how to sell a law practice and the logistics involved when transitioning a law practice to a successor lawyer or law firm. In this episode, I'm very excited to introduce two colleagues of mine from the business brokerage field, two real national leaders in business brokerage. And today's topic that we're going to be speaking about is for sale by owner, FISBO. Before we get into the topics themselves, I really want to introduce both of our guests. Our guests are Gary Rayberg. Gary is the president of ROI Corporation, which conducts business brokerage throughout New England, also has an office in Atlanta, Georgia. Gary has brokered business sales in 33 states. Gary is a former president of the New England Business Brokers Association, founder of the Business Brokers Alliance of New England, which is an MLS system for business brokers in New England that Gary currently chairs. Also want to introduce Cress Diglio. Cress is based in Orlando, and Cress is the managing partner of Calder Associates in its Southeast USA division. Cress is a past chairman of the International Business Brokers Association, Cress is a certified business intermediary. Cress is a merger and acquisition master intermediary. And Cress has also been an award winner of the Tom West Award from the IBBA. The topic today is going to be on for sale by owner, FISBO. This is going to be a two-episode event with Gary and Cress. We'll be talking about what is FISBO. We'll be discussing when Business owners, which includes lawyers, are considering the sale of their business. Why should they be contacting a business broker as compared to a for sale by owner? We'll then be talking about what happens when your friendly competitor approaches you as the business owner and what value can a business broker present to a seller when a friendly competitor has already suggested selling your business to your competitor. And lastly, we'll be talking about internal sales. So I want to start out with Cress and Gary and Cress starting with you. And if you could just help us put a definition on for sale by owner. For sale by owner is an individual that owns a business or has a practice that for whatever reason feels that they could take it to market themselves. And a lot of times it's really just to avoid paying any type of commission or they just don't understand or see the value in hiring a professional to represent their company in the marketplace. I know a lot of your listeners are attorneys, so I always equate it to that. You know, it's, it's the old saying, an attorney that represents themselves as a fool for a client. It's no different in the sale of a business. You've built your business up to a certain level. You've put all this time, energy, and effort into it. Then when it comes down to the most critical time, and the most important time of the business, and that's to sell the business, which could be for your retirement or anything else, you sit there and say, well, do I really want to pay somebody X amount of dollars or a percentage of this for, for selling it? I could do it on my own. So in my mind, that's really the definition of the for sale by owner, someone that just feels they, they could do it on their own and, and don't see the value 
of hiring a professional. So Gary, why don't we just jump right into it? And I think Chris put his finger on it. That is, you own the business and you think you know the market. You've heard about what the percentage that a business broker could make in terms of brokering the sale. You've seen friends of yours, or maybe even you yourself, have at one point sold real estate on your own. So Gary, can you just walk us through a few of the issues that a business owner should be thinking about when they're considering FISBO versus retaining a business broker? Well, you know, it's interesting. I I, I think the first thing I want to say is I've been doing this for 23 years and I'm still learning. So I think I think that kind of says it all, that there are so many things that a business owner needs to be concerned with. What's the business worth, for instance? How would you market the business? How do you keep arm's length? How, how do you actually do your job, whatever that is, whatever your profession is, and then put, you know, the maybe 300 hours, 150 to 300 hours in that are required to sell a business? Wow, Gary, can I just interrupt you for one second? Of course. That's a huge number. Right? A hundred, a hundred and fifty hours to sell a business. So I just I just uh ran a trucking company to the point that we got it to LOI and I ran it through an auction until we got it to the point of letter of intent. That means we had a significant solid written document from uh, and only the first written document, not the not the definitive document, as your attorneys would would be aware of. It took 140 hours to get there, over five months. And we've been in the we've been tracking this lately because I think we've been as amazed by it as as you just were, Jeremy. In the end, they're they're always amazed by by the amount of work it takes. And the funny part about it is, in the middle. You're dealing as an emotional buffer. The buyer may call and make an offer, which is a little bit ridiculous to the seller. The seller's reaction may be even some some expletives. They're very upset. They're very hurt. If that offer was to go to them directly, for instance, through a FISBO, our job is to rephrase that, make that seller feel that the buyer is still interested and coax them into making a counter offer and that all that emotion comes to us. And all that emotion takes time to handle. And that's just one piece of it. That's not the financial as- financial aspect. That's not the sorting through all the buyers that we do. I mean, I was just looking at this trucking company yesterday. We talked to 40 buyers in a controlled auction, 40 different conversations, many of which went to many conversations. And we ended up with four different offers before we picked somebody. So, yeah, I mean, the, the amount of work that goes into it is amazing. And I, and I think I think really that's what we got to get across to someone who wants to do a FISBO is, like I said, I'm still learning and I learn something on every transaction. And if you were doing this on your own for the first time, you're just not going to do as good of a job as a professional is. And, you know, that goes for any profession, really, when you think about it. Uh, Jeremy, if you don't if you don't mind, I'd like to add one more point that I, that I think is really important because you were talking about time and Gary so eloquently pointed out how much time we spend on these transactions. Now, if you're doing a FISBO and you're already running your business and you're working 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, when in the world are you going to have time to put in the 150 or 200 hours it takes just to get a deal done, let alone all the people that don't buy, the tire kickers, the people that that start calling. I mean, we're working right now on, on a very large roofing company that is supposed to close in a couple of weeks. But we had over 100 inquiries. We had 12 LOIs. 
and they ultimately went with the with the group they went with. But can't imagine the amount of time going through twelve letters of intent and brokering that that deal. And that's just the beginning because once it gets under contract, as Gary will tell you, that's where all the work begins. So if they're running their business, how in the world are they going to have time to run the process? Let alone they don't even understand how to run the process. But where are they going to find the time to do it? Sure. And, and I think that both of you have mentioned two key words, which is process and buffer, right? Gary's mentioned a couple times, and I certainly experienced this with the senior attorneys that I work with. This is a very emotional event, except for your serial entrepreneurs and hats off to serial entrepreneurs that are regularly buying and selling businesses and it's not as emotional. But for your typical seller that's owned his business or her business for 20 plus years. And the business itself is almost like another child. Okay. And this is the process of selling this lifetime's work of what you've built up. So much emotion in it. Can you just talk a little bit more about why the process that a business broker offers? And and we heard from Gary on Buffer. And Chris, it'd be interesting to hear from you too, of how you buffer this emotional experience that the seller that the seller is going through. But really want to hear from the both of you. Maybe Chris, we start with you about the value of a business broker's process that they bring to the table, especially both of you that have been in the industry for 20 plus years? Well, first off, without a process, you're going to fail because you're just setting yourself up for failure. I mean, and I believe it all starts from the very first time you meet the business owner who's thinking about selling their business. What I like to do is I don't go in there and I'm not, I don't need to tell them how great I am or how many businesses I've sold, but they've been on the internet. They've been on LinkedIn. They've seen the different sites. I wouldn't be in front of them if they didn't know who I was and what I brought to the table. What I think is most important in that meeting for me to convey to them is, one, to understand what their needs are, but two, to explain to them the process, because no matter how great of a business that they have, it's more than likely this is the first time that they've ever gone to market with a business and they just don't understand what it takes to get it done. So I think the key component with anything that I do is you need to educate the client, set the expectations early. And then be ready to remind them of that later on when they question you and say, well, I can't believe this happened. Well, remember when we first sat down, we talked about the structure and how it's going to work and what the process is, you know, and, and just giving that, them that calming effect because it's like anything in life. The knowledge is power. The more you know, the more comfortable you feel. So when you walk them through it and, and like Gary has been through for 23 years and myself for 22 years and you're, and you're explaining to them the process – they now begin to feel more comfortable. They begin to feel like their hand is being held by someone that knows what they're doing and and is going to take very good care of them. So the most important thing about the process is educating the client so they understand what the process is, when things are going to happen, and more important, why they're going to happen, why it's important. And a little example of this is I like to give is on SBA loans, right? About 10 plus years ago when there was the, the housing crisis, once we came out of that, the banks and the banks were starting to lend money again. They were more more often than not, I would say greater than 75 to 80 percent of the time. And in my case, it was more like almost 100 percent of the time. The banks, when they would accept a loan or approve a loan, it was always with a seller holdback, a seller carrying a secondary note. So if I know that going in, instead of shocking the, the client with that, well, good news, the bank approved the loan. However, you're going to need to carry a 10% note or a 20% note. I let them know that up front ahead of time. Hey, look, we're going to take this to the bank. And this is what is happening in the market today. 
So not only explaining the process, but going in detail, setting them up so when it happens, they've already been talked to about it and they understand, all right, you said this might happen, now it's happening. Go ahead, Gary. We have a step-by-step process for engaging a client, and then we have a step-by-step process for walking a buyer through the process to to success. And I think one of the first things we're going to ask in in terms of process from our standpoint is we want to know what what will the client do next, right? From the emotional standpoint, because I think you'll agree, Chris, 50% of selling a business is definitely the emotion. So we, we ask it two ways. We'll say, why is this the right time in your life to sell your company? And just tell me out of curiosity, what are you looking forward to doing next? And if we get kind of blank stares, we kind of want to talk to them about that because it's such a long process that we want to make sure we don't get to the end of it. And there's the seller's remorse that's so strong they don't want to sell. We try to explain to them that it's going to be on average a nine-month process. That gets to your point, Gary, of the 140 plus hours that can go that can go into a sale of a business that at the outset, the seller has gone to Google and figured, hey, I just saw some comps in my industry. I can do this myself. And by talking to the both of you about process and emotion and the amount of time you put into these, it's very clear the value that business brokers offer. And that's actually the next point we want to talk about, which we haven't discussed yet, which is valuation. And I'm wondering if the both of you could provide examples. It'd be interesting, and I'm sure you've had these experiences, the both of you. I have, and I'll also chime in on this one, which is on a FISBO, what have you experienced in terms of seeing when a seller sells too low because they did not properly value the company? And other times when the seller sells too high and enters into an earnout that really is not going to pay out over time because the valuation was really off the mark. So Chris, whichever of those flavors that you'd want to pick up on, it'd be interesting for the listeners to hear about the valuation value that business brokers bring when sellers otherwise would be going down the FISBO path. I teach the course for the for the IBBA. I'm a certified instructor. I teach the course on valuing small businesses. And, and so what's the importance of evaluation? Well, it's being able to understand what the marketplace is today. You can have a business today that's worth $500,000 because it's selling for multiples of three and a half times their adjusted net income. But two years ago, the multiple in that same for that same business doing the same amount of money was a two and a half. The market changes. The valuation sets an expectation. Well, the only way I understand if I have a chance of getting the job done is by setting the expectations, doing a valuation, an opinion of value, and explaining to the client that this is how we arrived at this at this number. And this is a range of value of where we feel the business will sell out. The other thing about valuation as well is people will go online and they'll say, well, you know, I'm a three multiple of earnings. And they don't know how to determine what normalized earnings are, where the addbacks are all done to determine true cash flow. In addition to that, they don't take into account things like, you know, customer concentration, all the all the positives and negatives that could affect that multiple up or down. So truly, you know, doing it yourself or having someone do it that is not really knowledgeable of the market is not going to come up with the right answer. An example that I that I like to use is we we recently engaged a multi-location pain and addiction clinic, and the owner, a doctor, called us. And we have a specialist on our team that does a lot of medical stuff. So we went together, 
And we sat down and he said, well, I'm, I'm taking it over from the, I sold it successfully two years ago and I have to take it back because I'm not getting paid. And so lo and behold, he sold it for $5 million, just the business itself, not the real estate. And we did a little bit of a back of the envelope stuff. And we said, hey, doc, it, it's worth a million. That's why he can't pay you. That's why you're taking it back. If you had hired us a couple of years ago, we would have at least set your expectations. You could have made a decision on whether or not to sell it. So there's an example where he got a fantastic deal and he just didn't get paid because and the buyer, the buyer wasn't apparently knowledgeable enough to realize they were overpaying. And, you know, you've got people who are both doctors who are extremely brilliant at what they do, just like lawyers in your case, Jeremy, can be brilliant at what they do, but they don't do what we do. And that really is the bottom line. Sometimes a deal will appear good to a seller. And for a whole bunch of reasons, it's not good at all. And just having someone that is knowledgeable about valuation and also deal structure can help someone who's selling understand if they're getting a good deal. And Gary, what you just mentioned about deal structure, there I'll chime in on in the, in the legal field. When lawyers are considering how do you sell your practice, how do you value your practice, what I see too often is, is and I shake my head on this one, is when lawyers just hang up their cleats. They just retire and hand over their files to their colleagues because they really don't know that what they have has tremendous value. So when a lawyer comes to senior attorney match or goes to a business broker and they think about what's the value of this practice, what you guys have emphasized so much during our conversation is the value of education. Right? When you're doing a FISBO and you're thinking that you're an expert, yes, you're an expert in your own business. But selling your business, you're not an expert in whatsoever. And rely on the experts that know how to sell businesses, know how to value businesses, know what the points are in the particular industry. So in the legal industry, I'm always saying there's four major values to a law practice, just as you guys are identifying values in other industries. Just quickly on the lawyer piece, the values are the client list, the referral sources, the goodwill, and the know-how of the attorney. And when attorneys learn that, oh my goodness, I have this great value that I didn't even realize, I'm able to then take them, as you guys have both been saying, take them to market as their educated consumers, and I'm an educated broker on their behalf. So I want to thank the both of you very much. This concludes the first part of our episode on FISBO for sale by owner. And in the next part, we're going to be speaking about two additional aspects of FISBOs that Gary and Cress have a tremendous amount of knowledge and experience with, which is when your friendly competitor approaches you and says, hey, I'll buy your business when you're ready. Why not just go ahead and do that without, without a broker? And the second one is the internal sale. So thank you, Gary and Cress, and we'll welcome you back on the other side. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Senior Attorney Match Podcast. For more information, please visit SeniorAttorneyMatch.com. You can always reach me, Jeremy Pook, by calling me at 781-247-4211 or sending me a text message at 617-285-3325.